Welcome to the Psychosphere. My name is David Sutcliffe, and my guest today once again is my good friend Angela I. This is the sixth episode in our series together. Angela and I are both certified core energetics practitioners. We both graduated from the Radical Aliveness Institute of Southern California, and we have a workshop coming up. You should come. Come to our workshop. The Power and Practice of Deep Feeling. That sounds intriguing, doesn't it? The Power and Practice of Deep Feeling. It's in San Marcos, Texas, November 18th, 18th to 21st. You can go to my website, davidsutcliffe.com for more information. And if you've been listening and enjoying this podcast, please go to iTunes. Please go to iTunes and leave a review and a rating. That'll help us. And we'd appreciate that. Spread the word on the psychosphere and please enjoy this episode with Angela I. How are you? What's going on? I heard a sigh. I heard a huh. Are you exacerbated? Are you tired? Are you frustrated? What's happening? Um, I just, you know, I've been a little off for the last couple weeks. And uh <laughs> I just, you know, can't we just have some light banter <laughs> instead of going into what my size about? <laughs> yes, we can have some light banter. It's hard to have light banter, right? No, now. I know. And okay, I just want to tell you, I I pulled these tar- oracle cards um, right before. And I pulled this card. I pulled compassion, ancestors, and speak truth. Um, compassion. Mm-hmm. Can I re- just read this to you? Please. Um, okay, sorry, hold on. So this is the reading that goes along with it. Now, more than ever, we need to expand our ability to be compassionate towards self and others. There has been a trend in shaming and rejecting people who disagree with us and justify and justifying doing so by using sweeping generalizations. Compassion calls us to remember that every human is a product of their environment and is incredibly nuanced. If we want to be truly compassionate, we dive deeper. We do not build a wall. No matter how correct we believe we are, we must do our best to understand others and their experiences. Their lived experiences have created their truth, and if we want to create a world of connection, we cannot afford to outcast those who do not agree. We have to work hard within ourselves to bridge the gaps. Keep in mind, in some situations, compassion can take the form of a wall or a fist, but most of us humans are not perfect, and we live in the gray area, good but wounded. And in that, we need more intentional compassion and connection rather than punishment. How can you be more compassionate in your current life? Where have you built walls that do not serve you? So that's... (laughs) Fuck that compassion. We're at war. Compassion is once the war is won, then there'll be some compassion. No, I'm kidding. We'll get to the other tarot cards, but I have thoughts because, you know, I blasted my Canadian friends in a video last Mm -hmm. week. Told them to rise up, 
They're living in a totalitarian state. Find the courage. This is ridiculous. Just, I just gave him a talking to, like a you know old school coach. It was not nice. Hmm. And I just needed to get it out though. And a lot of the, there was three men, my age, friends who came after me. They didn't say anything directly. They're just like, this is bullshit. Just, you know, this is nonsense, it's crappy take. And then one suggested that I had some mental health issues. <laughs> and if I need to reach out, I was welcome to like, but maybe I should take some time off the internet. Okay. <laughs> is this what I got back? And, uh, and then there was a little bit of back and forth, and, you know, and I, my retorts were always just funny, like mocking, like I didn't take any of it seriously. I just sort of made fun of them. And then one person said, uh, alluded to the fact that he was feeling shamed for being oh. vaccinated. Oh, and that surprised me. Mm hmm. Right. Because, of course, yes. it's the unvaccinated. We are the ones who feel shamed. But mm -hmm. suddenly I was getting his point of view. And then it made sense why he was reacting the way that he did, because I was, in a sense, shaming him. I was mm -hmm. telling these guys to step up, stop being cowards. And mm -hmm. uh, and he really felt shamed. And uh, it changed something for me. I, I, I did start mm -hmm. to have compassion. And then I made a video today where uh, I had a lot more compassion in, in my tone and my voice. I, I actually said, pray, pray for them. <laughs> They're not nefarious. They're just deluded. They're under hypnotic spell. It's like your friends who joined a cult. Can't be mad at them. Just reach out your hand and say, I love you. I'm ready whenever you want to come back. <laughs> you know that the, the other side is saying the same thing. Yeah, right? I know. I understand that, but they're wrong. They're insane. <laughs> They, and they know they, it's starting to crack. They're starting to crack. I mean, this Joe Rogan thing, I don't, I don't, if you can't see it now, it, it, you're a lost cause. And I'm saying that to you, all you who are listening, it, you're a lost cause. If you can't see what's going on now after this Joe Rogan, ivermectin horse dewormer situation. And, and what are they supposed to see? That the media lies, that it's all a lie it's completely about narrative it's not real they're not reporting facts they're just trying to uh, create a narrative and they're serving their advertisers and that's and what's what, going what, on what's the narrative right now well the narrative is that ivermectin doesn't work and i don't know if that's true or not what i do know is that joe rogan has access to the best doctors on the planet and they prescribed him ivermectin or they gave him ivermectin or they approved ivermectin and he took a lot of other things as well he recovered in three days and their media reported it that Joe Rogan took a horse dewormer. He did not take a horse dewormer. That is a lie. That is a flat out lie. He took ivermectin. There is a version of ivermectin that is meant for animals that is a horse dewormer. That is certainly not the version of ivermectin that Joe Rogan took. Is that, sorry, can I just ask, mm -hmm. yeah. is that horse dewormer, is that a, a completely different I mean, it's it's still the same drug, yeah? The same is it drug, the same yeah. ingredients, everything? I don't know if it's the same ingredients. It's probably a different dose. It's, it probably is a different, I think it's a paste or something. Mm. And uh, as opposed to a pill or a, an inhaler, I think is how it comes. But the point is to frame it that way disingenuously 
to create this story that he, this Rogan is out of his mind and anybody who's taking horse dewormer, you know, he should be getting the vaccine. It's really like, you know, from what you've shared about hypnosis, mm -hmm. the the term horse dewormer is pretty powerful. You have to give them that. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's brilliant. And it's obviously was uh, coordinated. Maybe not directly. Maybe it didn't come down from one person. You know, the head of Pfizer, it's like, let's go with horse dewormer. We need to... <laughs> We need to smear ivermectin. Let's go with horse dewormer, Joe Rogan, horse dewormer. And everybody gets the memo and it goes out. But, or they just all, you know, caught on and went with it. But it was NPR, ABC, CBS, uh, Anderson Cooper, everybody, J Jake mm -hmm. Tapper, all had the headline. In fact, in the Anderson Cooper segment, they had Joe Rogan praises, praises horse dewormer. I, I didn't see where he praised horse dewormer. I mean, it's it's absolute madness, right? It's just, it's complete politics. It's just completely trying to control them in the narrative. And I again, I don't know if ivermectin works. There's a lot of studies out there that say it does. And then there's a lot of people on the other side who say those studies are bullshit. I don't know. I don't know how to read data. What I do know is that the drug companies aren't going to make any money off ivermectin and they're going to make a lot of money off the vaccines and everybody is committed to this narrative that the vaccines are going to solve the problem and of all, all of a sudden you start introducing some therapeutic that works that interrupts the narrative that's going to stop the sale of the vaccines and also if you dig a little bit deeper if ivermectin did in fact work if there was a therapeutic that was effective you can't get emergency use authorization for the vaccine so the idea that they may have squashed some potentially effective uh therapeutics to make way for the vaccine that that i don't think that's would be considered a conspiracy theory i think that if you believe that these therapeutics may work, but they're not nearly going to be as effective as the vaccine. You really believe in the vaccine. That's your that's your thought process. You can rationalize defaming or ignoring ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine because you think you're doing the right thing. And I've heard people actually say that even if it does work, it's not going to be as effective as the vaccine. Mm -hmm. So we shouldn't be promoting it anyway. These are intelligent folks like fair-minded people making that argument so the idea that the pharmaceutical companies in connection with the government might also make that argument seems pretty obvious that they they could i'm not saying they did because i don't know but you know the potential for the incentives are there for them to lie about it and then when you see them smearing it and smearing Rogan. And the other thing about the Rogan thing is that they all hate him because he says whatever the fuck he wants. And we have a war between the old media and the new media. He's the new media. He's free, basically. He's not beholden to his advertisers. He's got a $100 million deal with Spotify. He still seems to say whatever the fuck he wants. And these guys are owned by the pharmaceutical industry. Anderson Cooper, Jake Tapper, they're 80%, 70-80% of the advertising is pharmaceutical industry. You watch CNN, all it is is drug commercials. So they know they have to toe the line, whether they admit that to themselves or not. They're part of the old system, and that old system is dying. Their ratings are dying, and they're seeing these independent people like Joe Rogan who are smoking <laughs> blunts on their show <laughs> and drinking whiskey and showing up in T-shirts, having a great time. 
uh, making millions of dollars and getting five, 10 times the views they're getting. Of course they're pissed. Of course they resent it. So of course they're going to try to take them out. Joe Rogan took It's pathetic. It's sad. If you can't see that people, you have to see that. You have to see that. Sorry, I have to finish my rant. You have to see it because this is one of the most important things to understand. The work that I do and the work that we do, Angela, is about trying to get people out of the matrix. That's what we're doing, we're trying to free them from the matrix of their mind, the matrix of all the programming that existed in their childhood, all the belief systems and false conclusions that are that are keeping them suffering and unsatisfied and in these you know destructive loops patterns and that's the work that we're trying to do with people well the, the media is the same it's another matrix of lies and until we get out of that until we expose it for what it is we're not going to be free like we have to understand what's actually going on that these people are not motivated in any way to tell us the truth they are motivated for profit they're motivated by clicks and ratings by law because they're corporate entities so they're obligated to maximize profits that that is their legal obligation as a corporate entity to maximize profits so they have to get ratings they have to get clicks and and they know what the strategy is to do that and so there's no incentive for them to tell the truth really because the truth doesn't necessarily unless the truth gets ratings but they feel it doesn't, although I, I would argue that it would, obviously, because Joe Rogan gets on his podcast and does his best to tell the truth. That's why people like it. Mm -hmm. Wake up, please, please, please wake up. It's all oh, I'm not and I'm saying these people are bad. They're just caught in a system. And hey, listen, I was in the system, not in the same way, but I was in Hollywood. I know what it's like. You buy into it. You're making lots of money. You're driving a nice car. You have a nice house. You're going to fancy parties, hanging out with pretty people, powerful people. You, you, you want in that club. You want to stay in that club. And you, you think you know things. You think you're smarter than everybody else. And you, you become arrogant. You become a little deluded. You lose touch with the real world. You think, you know, and it's, it's, it's a bubble. They're in a bubble. They don't know. They don't know that they're doing it. And and at some point, Joe Rogan is going to be that guy. Potentially, yeah. Be some younger person come along and take him out. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying the cycle will 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 continue for sure. But this is where we are. It's a rebel. Somebody said the other day, it's my cousin. He's like, it's a, we're in the middle of a revolution. A, te a technological social, political, economic revolution. And I think that's true. So what was the uh, the other tarot cards? I was going to say, should we go on to ancestors? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shall I read it? Please. Okay. This is, by the way, from a deck that was uh, given to me by our friend Lindsay. And it's a beautiful deck. It's called the Threads of Fate deck. Um, okay, Ancestors. This card is encouraging you to, to deepen your relationship with your ancestors and bring whatever you want guidance on to them. If you have not already done so, making an altar just to your ancestors is a good way to begin. 
You can ask them what they want as offerings and put pictures, if you have them, or symbols of them on it as well. It may be a good idea to take a pilgrimage, if possible, to the places that once lived. If not, learn as much as you can about them and where they come from. You may ask them if there is any healing that you can do for them. It is important to honor our ancestors and where we come from. Do so however you can. This card may also be a signal a signal a need to tend to our ancestral trauma. We can inherit the suffering of those in our lineage. This is an opportunity for you to remove blocks within yourself, but also to release your ancestors from the trauma as well. It reverberates down our entire lineage, so while we may view it as something that hinders us, try to view it as a way of healing many more than just yourself. Sometimes we can become reliant on the guidance of others. It is important to remain sovereign and independent when holding counsel. Understand that working with your ancestors is different than working with other guides or allies. They will have their own opinions about you and your life. You may need to use discretion. What was that last part? They, they have their own opinions about your life? You need, use discretion in listening to them? Understand that working with your ancestors is different than working with other guides or allies. They will have their own opinions about you and your life. You may need to use discretion. Oh, I see. I understand. Mm. They're not... Yeah, they're, they're your family. Right. <laughs> you're biased. <laughs> right. Not uh-huh. like your guides. Right. Hmm. What does that mean to you? Where does that take you? It takes me to the sigh from the beginning. <laughs> um, it... So I was saying that, you know, I've had a kind of rough couple weeks. So since our last podcast, um, that night, so that was the podcast that we did about me telling lies to myself to, you know, cover up something and that to protect something and then like, and then to find the truth of what I was feeling and what I was, what I believe, you know, about the vaccine and about coronavirus and all the, the things. And so I came out in that podcast and that night, after we'd finished recording, um, my mom and dad had sent me um, a birthday card because it was my birthday the previous week, and I had just gotten in. They sent me a gift, and and so I wanted to call them to tell them, um, you know, just thank them. And so um, I had in <laughs> in our previous call on my actual birthday, my mom and dad. Um, we were talking and, and that was when my mom had said, uh, you know, if you don't get the vaccine, then we won't see you, you know? And so, um, you know, so that was the previous week. And so in that phone call, I had said to them, well, okay. And I, you know, I understood, I understood the boundary, I understood, you know, I wanted to honor her choice that this is, this is what was, what felt right for them. And um, and so then I said, well, I don't, then I don't want to talk about the vaccine anymore. I don't want to talk about, um, like, coronavirus. I just, I don't want to talk about this topic. And, um, 
you know, I think it was surprising to them. I'm not sure, you know. Um, but I that that was my boundary. So um so then I'm calling them the follow this follow, the following week, thanking them for this birthday card and I'm thinking to myself, Angela, okay, do not talk about the vaccine. Do not talk because when when they talk they talk about it with me, they can, you know, to me it feels shaming and it feels uh condescending and if it, it doesn't it, it doesn't feel good like it and it it scares me more than anything like things things that they tell me things that they say it's it's like it, it injects this like electric electric fear inside my body and um and so I you know I'm, I'm talking to and I'm, I'm telling myself before I call them do not like hold your hold your boundary Angela you know and in that podcast do you remember you had said this thing about like okay you have to see the person they're they're just scared you know even if they're shaming you you just see them in their fear so I you're right and I'm I'm thinking to myself Angela you got to do this (laughs) you know if your mom goes into the shaming you just see her in her fear you know and so um but I'm, but I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna not talk about this, no matter what. And so, you know, get on the phone. T- my dad answers. I'm thanking him them for the gift, and and so we have a a, a lovely conversation. Um, and then I ask where my mom is, and my, he puts my mom on the phone, and and we have a conversation as well. And um, and then right near the end of the conversation, she brings up the vaccine and I said oh wait mom no no remember last time we talked like I I asked that we not have this conversation and and she said well then we have nothing to talk about and I said well we just had a whole conversation we have lots of things we can talk about actually you know and I reminded her of all the things that we talked about and I said I just I just don't want to talk about this, this particular topic. And she was, you know, basically insistent that if we didn't talk about this, then, you know, like there was really nothing left. And so I did not hold my boundary. <laughs> and we started to have a whole conversation. And it was... It was difficult, you know, it was, um, you know, to hear what they had to say. I spoke my truth as well, you know, and I said all the things that I could possibly say that I think would, in the hopes of giving them some understanding of my, where I'm at, you know, which is, by the way, still not like 100% I'm not getting the vaccine, you know. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm still deciding, you know, so, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling them, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do this in, I mean, I didn't do it perfectly. I mean, there was one point where I asked my dad if he was insane, but, you know, aside from that, I I think I did, (laughs) I did, I did pretty well, you know, and, and so at the end of the conversation, uh, my dad basically says, I don't understand. 
I don't understand you. And and so then I just felt the, uh, I mean, you know, I don't know what, I, I wasn't feeling, I just was in shock, I think, in that moment. And so, um, so then, uh, you know, my mom starts to speak in a way that she hasn't said anything that is actually shaming, but the energy of it, it, I literally can feel the energy coming, you know, like towards me. And because it had happened so many times already where I felt really shamed, scared, like I said, you know, all, all the things, I could feel the energy of it coming. And I said, no, like, like that, just no. And I just, you know, I was like, no, no, we can't continue this conversation. It's not going to lead anywhere good. It's not going to be good for me. And it's not going to be good for you. And it's not going to be good for our relationship. And, and then she said, well, then we don't have anything to talk about. And I said, anything? And she said, yeah, if I don't, if I can't talk about this thing that I care about, then I don't, then I don't, I don't want to talk. And I asked my dad if he felt the same. And he said, he wants to talk with me about everything. And so I said, okay, okay, you know. And, um, and then I, you know, I actually, the, the place where I was trying to, to get to, you know, like, was just staying with an open heart, not closing myself off at any point. And I, I, I felt like in that conversation, I did pretty well, you know. And so even in this moment where she's saying, then I don't want to talk to you, I'm still there. I'm still like, okay, I'm, I'm, but I'm still here. Okay. You know? And, and then she says, well, I got to go. And then she hung up. And so, you know, so then I cried, you know, and I've been crying. And this thing, (sighs) you know, as painful as this is. It was (laughs) the thing that I'm, I've been most scared of all my life, you know, is to be, is to speak my truth, to, to tell my parents, you know, like, this is where I am. This is actually who I am. This is why I'm standing here, you know, and, and be cut off, you know. Be right. disowned. Be, 
dismissed, be, you know, completely like that's it. Like, like you get nothing more, you know, like I've been, I didn't, I didn't know really, really know until probably, I mean, I'm still kind of feeling it, you know, it's like, oh, this was the thing that I was most scared of. And it happened. And as painful as it is, and I'm feeling it every day, you know, I'm still alive. And the reason why it's so painful is because I keep trying to keep my heart open to them. Because it would be so easy to just, you know, just be like, fuck you. Okay, that's it. You know, done. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to think about you. I'm not going to, you know, like, just put the wall up, you know. But I'm... I'm really trying not to do that. I'm really, really trying. And so, you know, I'm feeling this this pain of being cut off. And I'm feeling also this kind of strength and willingness to stay with myself, you know? How does that feel? Good question. I mean, when I, when I think, I mean, I feel like this, these last couple weeks I've gone like back and forth a lot, you know, of really not being in my strength, you know, not, not feel, not being with myself and like the you know, the kind of fear that I've been in, like, it's told me all sorts of stories. Angela, just get the vaccine. It's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. like, just, you know, that that was the thing that my dad said, you know, that feels ancestral. You know, if my dad asked me to get the vaccine, if I do anything in order to see him, I would do it. And, you know, that's true. He would do it. He he did do it. You know. I mean. You know. I think he did, he rebelled too. You know. But in in moved the older Alabama. years, <laughs> you're right. My dad, my dad moved to Alabama. Even China for Alabama, Sorry, guys. But um, yeah, you know, that's that's my dad. That's where my dad comes from. That's where you know my dad believes like honor. You honor your father by listening, you know, and, you know, doing what you can to be with them. And, you know, my dad, he did, I think he, you know, he he did move to Alabama, but, you know, like when he he got to Ohio, it was kind of like, okay, now I can bring the family over, you know, like from China, from Taiwan. I can bring them all over here. It's a better, it'll be a better life for them. And he did. Mm. He brought 
his entire family over, you know? And like, you know, reunited my, um, my, uh, my dad's sisters who had been in China, like, you know, because they closed off the borders at some point between China and Taiwan. And so, and Taiwan was where my grandparents were. And so they were, they were there, you know, like, and my, and the kids were with the grandmother because they, they were kind of in this middle of this kind of war, you know? And so at some point, um, China closed its borders and my aunts couldn't get out. They, there was one ticket, one, actually there was, my, the story is my, my grandfather's friend uh, had one ticket on the last flight to Taiwan. And it, so he gave it to my grandfather. My grandfather said, you know, like, I, I just one of the children, you know. And my dad was not the oldest, but the oldest son. So he got to go, you know, and... And so then those, uh, I think there were four, one, I think there were three sisters. Um, They didn't, they didn't, you know, so they were there for, I don't know, like 30 years. I don't know how many years. I want to say like 30 years, you know, my grandparents hadn't seen them, you know. And so my dad, when my dad brought them, he brought them all over, they reunited, you know, and it was a big deal. You know, so that's the kind of dad, a man, my dad is. You know, and so yeah. Well, what do you what do you think your ancestors are saying? <sighs> I mean, they came to America, man. Mm. The land of the individual. It's a different culture, and you grew up with American values, I mean, Chinese values, but also American values. And this is a very American choice that you're making. Mm -hmm. So you could say, you could argue, and I would, that I'm fulfilling the destiny when you came over here, dad, to America. It is different. And I'm different. This is where I grew up in Ohio. And maybe he can never understand that. But, and I don't, obviously, I do think I have a bias. I, I think one is right and wrong. I'm an individualist, obviously. But this is what it is. This is American values, for better or for worse. So you're saying that we're at war with China? <laughs> yeah, we are at war with China. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, when Have you, you take sides you put... against China. Well, when you war. put when you put it that way, it's like, yeah, there is some way in which I am embodying American values. And my mom and my dad and my sister, who lives in Hong Kong and has for the last 30, you know, like 30 years, 30, or 25 some years. Yeah. 
they embody more Chinese values. And it's interesting, your husband is a Canadian, Chinese, Canadian, and Canadians Mm -hmm. have a much more collectivist attitude Mm -hmm. than Americans. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So there are some places where he and I, I don't know if we clash. No, we clash. (laughs) We clash. (laughs) Um that have to do with American or, you know, collectivist versus individual. Um, but you said standing in your strength, finding your strength and standing in it, something like that. Yeah. If you connected that, if you connected that idea, if you connected that feeling, what, what's, What's happening there? Well, you know, this goes to the third tarot card. Which is? Speak truth. Ah. I forgot. Speak truth. Right. So. Yeah, I guess that's, you know, this is my truth. If I stand in my truth, if I really, as much as I can, you know, because, yeah, there are places I still lie to myself and have blind spots and all the things, you know, but as much as I can really be honest with myself and I can feel it, you know, I can feel when I'm really being honest. Um. Yeah. That feels pretty good, you know, like when I'm really in it, speaking my truth. Angela, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't (laughs) understand you. Right. Right. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to understand me. I'm I'm still trying to understand me. <laughs> well, the child can't tolerate that. The child mm-hmm. cannot tolerate the disconnection that comes from a parent not understanding. Yeah, and that's where I've been. Yeah. For a long time. Right. Like pretty much up until now. Yeah. I couldn't tolerate them not understanding. It's hard. It's very, very hard. It's much easier when they understand. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, now I... Well, it's this whole idea, you know, people talk about it online, all the, you know, you got to stop giving a shit what anyone thinks. Or what's the Mark Manson book? Doesn't he have a book about that? Stop giving a fuck or something. Oh, right. Uh-huh. It's, but it's the same concept, right? Like how, how can you live free of other people's demands, expectations, beliefs that they put on you? And as a child, you get those things put on you and you can't, you can't 
just ignore it. It's impossible. You have to give a fuck what your parents think of you. And of course, we all give a fuck what people think of us because we have to survive in society. We have to stay aligned with different people in our tribe. It's 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 hardwired. But something is happening for me, and and I think for you and for a lot of people that that maybe it's just the old way that we are aligned aligned with each other. There's there's lies built into it, and it's and it's not that it's inherently bad. It's just not useful anymore. Mm. It's not serving this moment and something wants to evolve. And the way we have to do that is to, we, we have to break free of it and we have to find our own sovereignty. And we, like, I can feel it inside me. Like, it's almost like an energy where I become completely self-contained. I know who I am. I know what I think. And it, I understand it's also dangerous in there because it's easy to be, be, you have to stay humble and you have to stay open. You have to stay fluid and you have to always be in a place of like, I, I, uh, I don't know. Um, you have to be in the not knowing and yet you have to be rooted in something deep because otherwise you're just bouncing around being buffeted by other people's opinions and you can't land anywhere and you're not sovereign. You're not free. And I can just feel this place. Like the more I come out, it's almost like I died and was resurrected. That's how it feels to me. Like when I, like the, through these podcasts and some of the videos that I've made recently. And actually I just listened to the video uh, that I posted on Facebook a couple of years ago when I came out to everybody that I voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. I was just scrolling through my photos and I saw it. I'm like, oh, I haven't, you know, I hadn't listened to it in a long time. And I listened to it and I was like, I was so proud. I was like, fuck, that's tight, man. <laughs> like, you know, and I did it in a very gentle way and I was very vulnerable and I tried to explain and I didn't demonize and I said, I hope you can see this. And and I could feel the risk in it. And, and, you know, I'm out in a bigger way and I'm saying what I think. And, and it, sometimes I'm obnoxious and arrogant and intentionally provocative and all of that. But that's also part of my humanity. It's part of my shadow. Like it's all, that's also being seen. And I'm like, yeah, that's me too. I don't give a fuck here at all. It's kind of almost the way I was in Ann's school where it's just like, open up, here I am, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm not hiding at all. I'm not hiding anything. I'm gonna show you all of it. And it's like, I can feel if I can be that way in the world and hold myself there. Cause obviously I can't, there's not, there's no facilitator. I'm the facilitator. I have to facilitate myself through that process. There's no, I mean, I have allies certainly, but it's almost like I can feel myself like rising from the dead you know, like some mm. part of me died and I'm rising up and I'm, I'm like unstoppable. Like it's unlimited. There's no, once I'm, um, free from other people's expectations and opinions and beliefs, and those are not influencing what I'm doing and how I'm thinking. I can just, I'm just free inside my own mind. It's just me and God. It's just me and my higher self. That's it. And I'm going to let that be my God. I'm going to follow that. I, I, it's unlimited. It's absolutely unlimited. And I want to encourage everybody to do that. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to me. <laughs> I'm just doing my thing. You don't have to agree with me. Do your thing. I don't give a fuck. Like be free, go crazy, have it. You know, I'm not, I'm, and I understand there's, there's tricky situations with the fact I don't want to get the vaccine. You're harming me, all that, whatever. But in general, we're not harming each other. There's space for all of it. There's space for all of us to be free. 
inside ourselves if we make no demand that people see us or get us or love us or pay any attention to us we just I, and i can feel it mm. like mm -hmm. for the first time in a long time mm. and all this energy has been unleashed mm. and it's almost too much like i've had some anxiety not not mm. like nervous or fearful anxiety just like so much energy running through my body i'm like whoa okay i got it like i'm vibrating and i have to wow learn how to to manage it so that's what's happening for me and it's exciting well that's a very good sales job that you just did well yeah <laughs> speak your truth take the risk go full kanye that's what i say just go full kanye the guy's fucking crazy yeah well he's he's a billionaire and he's free does and says what he wants he seems to be having a great fucking time and i admire it well and are you starting to have a really great time yes be in part because i can see it's all up to me mm. wait say more well it's it's just up to me there's there's nothing outside of me I can generate the good time. I can generate, I, I can create what I want. It's just, it's just intention and energy. It's effort. It's focus. It's not getting distracted. You have to be strong. It does take a commitment. I mean, all these people out there who say, yeah, you have to work hard. That's true. And you have to be focused. You have to be dedicated. But that's fun. It's fun to work hard. It's fun to be focused. It's fun to be dedicated. Hmm. It's fun to be on point. It's fun to be on a mission. I mean, of course. What is your mission? Well, I think what I said earlier, it's um, I'm trying to get free and I'm trying to help other people get free. Hmm. Free from all the restrictions that they have inside their own consciousness about who they are and the nature of the world and what they can or cannot do and the shame that they carry and the self-judgment and self-loathing and the limiting beliefs and all of the stuff we carry from childhood. I mean, it's, I've had this thought today, you know, in a session, it's much easier for somebody to believe a negative thing said about them than it is for them to believe a positive thing said about them. That's, that's a right. lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. You say, Hey, you know, you're beautiful. Oh, it's like, Hey, you're stupid. And me, <laughs> like, they'll take it. in. It's like, we're a lot, mm. a lot of us are wired that way. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's deranged right. when you think about it. Yeah. It's really mm. deranged. And are we willing to see our own beauty, our own magnificence? Are we willing to see that we're all gods in a way that we can all create can all create we make life literally we create life so we are like gods and we we have i think so much more power than we give ourselves credit for in each individual and to help people unleash that 
to live their mission, to live their purpose, to, to, to let go of resentment, to ex accept their shadow, to release shame. All of that, that's my mission hmm. for myself and, and to help other people and to build communities of people, a community of people that are doing that together because as I learned a long time ago, I think that's what people want more than anything is community. They want to live in community. Hmm. I think there's a lot of people where you're at, where I'm at. Obviously, we're getting a lot of comments on mm. the podcast. People are relating to it, really appreciative of the things that we're talking about, whether they agree with everything or not. They, they I think they appreciate the nature of the conversation. Mm. So it tells me there's a lot of people out there struggling with these ideas, whether they're saying it publicly or not. And that tells me there's a lot of people who are waking up to something. I'm sure it's different for everyone, but there's a, a calling, a longing. You can feel it, man. As I started, you know, the beginning, like something's changing. There's an evolution happening and there's, I feel it. I've been feeling it for years. It's like this pull, this call. Can I go back to the question you had about my ancestors? Yeah. I just want to, like, actually take a minute to just feel into, like, what I actually think my ancestors are trying to tell me. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow, I just got this amazing, I don't know, vision. Uh, I just saw both of my grandfathers, both of them. My, my mom's dad and my dad's dad were generals in Chiang Kai-shek's army. Do you know Chiang Kai-shek? No. He was, he was the leader of the, the one, one of the armies uh, fighting for Taiwan's independence. Mm. And so my grandfathers were generals in his army. And I just... It's like, you know, they were fighting for their freedom. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so I feel like my ancestors are like, go, Angela. I mean, they're probably saying it in Chinese, but <laughs> like they're, 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 this is what I'm here to do. <laughs> this is my mission. Yeah. That feels right. You need to play that card with your dad, man. 
Dad, I can't help it. I'm the granddaughter of two great generals who fought for their independence, and I'm following in their footsteps. I ask that you support me, Father. Lay that on him. See what happens. Well, you know, I imagine that my dad, you know, he had the same feeling. He he went, He you're right, he came to America, you know, where it was like supposedly better and freer and there was more opportunity. And so, you know, he came and I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if he had the support of his mom and dad, but, you know, it was a thing. He was the first one, first to, to come. And then he brought my mom over who I think, I don't think she was supported by her parents, but, you know, to come. So it was a big deal, you know, for both of them to come. And, you know, and then he ended up bringing his whole family over. And it's like, you know, maybe in the end, my grandparents were like, oh, I see why you did this. This is good. I don't know if that's actually how they felt. But, you know, I, I guess there's some part of me that hopes that, what I'm doing is eventually really going to help my family. I think so. I hope so. Well, how can it not be? You're, you're following what's true for you. And I, I've known you for a long time. I've worked with you. I've seen you in process groups. I, I don't know that there's anybody that I know that takes more chances that, than you do, that step steps into the unknown You've done things and said things where I know that you don't even know what you're doing. You're just following something. And there's deep trust. And I'm looking over like, what the fuck is she up to? What is this? But I trust it because I trust you. And then five minutes later, an hour later, or two weeks later, it's like, oh, that's why. So I trust you here. Mm. And I'm sorry that your parents can't, of course they can't see that. Right. Of course. Of course. You're operating in a whole other plane of reality. Mm -hmm. And, but if you let go of the story of everything, Mm -hmm. you know, the story of the fight against the vaccine and the story of the fight Mm -hmm. for freedom in Taiwan, like, there's there's energies and impulses that are the same, hmm. and we need we need the contrast. Like you wouldn't find this place inside yourself, this strength, this courage, hmm. facing your deepest fear, the deepest fear of the little girl that's now been realized. If your parents were like, oh, we totally understand. That makes sense. (laughs) Right. Right. You get to have this experience. Mm, Right. So I just want to say to all the zombies out there, just thank you. Thank you. I I wish you the best as you wake up from your spell. As you find the light. I'm here for you. I love you. Thank you, mom and dad. <laughs> right. It's like the ayahuasca ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Dave's. Yes. Thank you. That's the only prayer. Yes. Thank you. 
Hmm. I hope I can hold this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I can feel it right now. It's like, okay, yeah. It's e- I can feel how easy it is to go back, you know? That's what I've been doing the last couple of weeks, go mm-hmm. back and forth from the little girl to adult, you know, just strong woman standing in her truth. I feel like I want to hold this place more. What do you have to give up to hold this place more? Stand all the way in this place? Your own personal power and authority and sovereignty, what what do you have to give up? Oh, God. (laughs) I have to give up, uh, you know, just feeling like I'm a little girl who can't take care of herself and wants everybody else to take care of her. Uh, and namely my husband. Um, and I have to give up. I mean, I'm not, I'm not here all the time. Just let's, just, you know. I know, but I know. In order to stand more in the other place, I, th- this is where I have to give up. Um, you know, I think I, I have to let go of this place where I... I'm not allowed to speak my truth. I'm 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 not allowed. I'm not allowed to do what I want, what what feels good for me. I'm not allowed. You know, I'm not, I'm not a, like there's a lot of that that I have to let go of. I was talking to Jana last week Sunday Saturday and uh that's what, you know, she's really good at that. She does what she oh. wants. Right. Oh. I mean, there's been no one who's taught me better than Jana. Yeah, she does what she wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, I have to give up not knowing what I want, not, you know, believing that I can't have what I want. Um, yeah, just staying in that story, you know. I'm I'm not allowed. And well, and there's a lot of people that connect in that place. I remember mm-hmm. when I was an actor, I actors used to complain about whatever. The cat this casting director is not fair and this person got the offer and da da da. I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. This is the business. Like, what are you complaining about? Just go in and win the job. That's what it is. It's not it's not fair. It's never fair. You signed up for it. Stop fucking bitching. I, I, that was, and, and I felt like really good about that. That was one of my strengths. I never got caught up. I want to say never, but rarely got caught up in all that mm. nonsense about it not being fair. Mm. It's not fair. And it's a brutal industry. And people don't really care about you. They care about themselves. Everybody's selfish. And just to be able to accept that. And I always felt it was like, this isn't helping you. <laughs> that attitude is is preventing you. That cynicism is preventing you from working. And having what you want. Having what you want. Yeah, exactly. Because inherent in that belief, that's thank you for <laughs> reminding me of the point of why I was saying that, 
is there's some belief that I can't have what I want and I'm going to complain about it. And mm. there's a lot of pleasure in complaining and groups of people getting together and complaining that, you know, Jeff Bezos makes all this money and I don't have anything. It's like, well, didn't want, <laughs> you know, it's just, just the mindset there is scarcity. It's like you make the assumption that if just Jeff Bezos has billions or trillions and you, you, there's less for you. That's not, that's not how it works. It doesn't work that way. I'm not, I'm not saying there's not inequity and inequality and he should be paying more taxes. I'm not having that argument, but I'm talking about a philosophical argument of believing in scarcity or believing that you can't get what you want and not buying into that. Well, if getting what you wanted when you were young, if you had an experience of getting what you wanted and then you got shamed or you got spanked or you got humiliated or, you know, you or got, you grew or I, you grew up a, a gender or a race that didn't ever get what they wanted. It seemed mm -hmm. that way. Your mm -hmm. whole neighborhood, your right. whole gender. Right. We don't get to do what we want. We're mm -hmm. over here. We're second class. You're going to mm -hmm. have a belief that I can't get what I want. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and then actually, I mean, for me, you know, getting what I really want, you know, the, the, the fear of rejection, rage, you know, being, I don't know, just hurt in some way. Like it's, it's, it's still there in my body a little bit, you know? If you go after what you want, you're going to be rejected. Yeah, or some something's going to come at me that's going to be yeah negative, of course, like an aggressive 100%. kind of rage, right? 100%. Yeah, and I have been. I, I think I made a promise to myself, you know, when I was young, that I was never going to let that happen because it happened, mm. you know. And so I was like, that's not happening again. Like what? You got the lead in the school play and. The other girls hated you or something? No. I mean, this is really, are we going there? I don't know. <laughs> um, if you want to. I mean, this is, yeah. Uh, when I was 13, you know, like I was, I was just, I was sitting on the couch. I feel like I've told this story. Have I told this story? I don't think on the podcast. Okay. Um, I was sitting on the couch. I've told this story so many times. That's why. Uh, sitting on the couch, watching TV um, with my legs up on the couch. I'm 13. And my mom comes into the room and she screams at me. Like, what are you doing? You know, get your legs down. Like, put your legs down, you know. And what are you trying to do? Are you trying to be sexy? And I, wow, I, you know, I went into probably shock, I imagine, you know, I didn't know what had happened. I don't, didn't know what I had done. I don't think I'd ever heard the word sexy before. So I didn't exactly know what that meant. All I knew was that I'd done something very bad, very, very bad. And I was going to do whatever I could to make sure that you know, I would, you know, do I, 
I, I'm not going to put my legs on the chair. Like I'm not, you know, I'm going to be good, you know, and sexy is bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't be sexy. So yeah, whatever you do, whatever that word meant, I didn't know, but you know, it was like, whatever that is, don't do that. So, um, but I think I also, because of the energy that was coming at me, you know, which I, which it, like, it was intense, you know, it was like an aggressive rage. I didn't, I don't know if it was jealous. I don't know, but it was intense. And I, I was like, I'm, I, I never want to experience that again. I'm never going to. And so, you know, like I've, um, you know, I've had a lot of stuff happen as a result of, of that, that, that decision, you know, like, um, have had eating disorders. I've had, you know, just stuff with my body and, you know, lots of stuff to work through over mm -hmm. decades, you know? And so, um, and around a definitely around my sexuality, which I'm still working on healing, you know. And so, yeah, so this, the la this last, uh, in the last few months, I had made a decision that I was like, I'm not going to hold on to this belief that I can't have the body that I really want. The one that, you know, I think I kind of, it was like, I just naturally had at 13. You know, that was just, you know, I, but at, you know, at that point I was doing so many things to my body. It was like, you know, it wasn't my body really anymore. It was just, yeah, I don't know. Um, so I made this decision. I was like, okay, that's the belief of a 13 year old girl. I am now 52. It's time to update my beliefs. And so I made a decision that I was like, I'm going to believe that I can have the body that I really want. And I want my body to be slender and strong and healthy and sexy. <laughs> and so as soon as I, as soon as I, uh, like, I, I just, I don't know. I was like reprogramming myself, you know, like, okay, I get to be this person. I get to have what I want with my body. And I just started shedding these pounds. Like it was just like, I mean, it's not a lot of weight or anything like that. It just, you know, it's like my body started to change. And I, I like somebody took a picture of me and showed me and I was like, oh, like, oh, that's what I look like. Yeah, yeah. I look more like that. That was the first time I saw a picture in a long time that I was like, oh, yeah, that looks, I, I look like that, you know? And, uh, and so, you know, I was getting what I wanted. Just, I wanted my body back. Right. You know, I wanted, like, my body. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know, people started noticing. And people were saying things, mostly good things, you know? What were but they then, saying? What were the bad things? There was, well, I, I, nobody said anything bad, but you know, there's a kind of energy that can can sometimes come, you know, from from women more, you know, um, who, you know, just something about it feels like it. 
it doesn't totally feel good oh, to me. It's, I'll just it's, say that. Inter, it's intersexual competition. It's, you know, it's normal. Oh, maybe. It's a thing. Oh. It's a thing. It's like apes. Well, it's the, th- but let me say that it's the thing that I most protect against. Yeah, you should. Well, because of what I experienced at, with my mom yelling at me in that way. Yeah. Like it was just like, yeah, I'm not. And so whenever that energy comes towards me, I try to do whatever I can to not. I don't want to do that. What we do to women, Britney Spears, Lindsay Lohan, what the culture did to those women is so fucking shameful. It's, it's, I remember when it was happening and I would say things and it it, it was so strong, the, the Perez Hiltons and the other women and the gossip, the, the, the pleasure they took in watching those women get and take, get taken down and watch them go crazy and become Mm. drug addicts. They were young fucking girls in the middle of Hollywood, in the middle of all this fame, making all this money. They're like 20, 21, younger, being exploited everywhere. Of course they went fucking crazy. Of course. And then to mock them, to Mm. shame them, for their sexuality and the the power that they had and then to revel in them being taken down. What we, this culture does to women is fucking gross. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, I, yeah, it's a lot of women. It's, you know, it's a lot of people and it's, it's not good, man. It is not good. Like I feel like if I had a daughter, I could feel like so protective of her there, you know, and the well, fact that those women weren't protected, they were actually the opposite. They're exploited by their fathers. That's probably why they had all the problems. Their fathers were using them. As mm. were their mothers, I think, in Lindsay Lohan's case. Anyway, I'm just making the point. Mm-hmm. Sad. Yeah. I mean, I want to say I have that in me too. Yeah, no, I this, know. Yeah. It's a thing. I mean, I've, it's it's evolutionary biology. It's it's policing women and sexual keeping them in line and keeping them part of the tribe. And you know, there's it's just like men compete. Mm-hmm. You know, who makes the most money? Who's got the most muscles? Who's got the fastest, coolest car? They they're competing to to win the hottest babe. Women are doing the same thing. They're competing for the alpha male in their own way. They, women just don't like to admit it about themselves. Hmm. They pretend that they're not doing that probably because it's, it's, it makes them more effective at it when they deny it. They pretend that it's not happening, but it's, it's a thing. It's fine. Well, it's a scarcity model. Right, exactly. Well, maybe there's a scarcity model, model right now with all the pussified men out there. Step it up, boys. Hit the fucking gym. Stop jerking off the porn. Get off the video games. Let's go. There's like a fucking lineup of women waiting. It's true. These millennial I mean, women can't find men. I mean, so let me just say that, you know, in the place where I don't get to have what I want, I don't get to have my body, I don't get to have, you know, like the money, whatever the thing yeah. the thing is, right? If I don't get to have it, then... I definitely don't want you to have it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You 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 go after what you want. If you go after what you want, 
fearlessly, you're going to get it. If you have the right mindset, if you believe, if you, if you set your, if you overcome your limiting beliefs, but that requires leaving your tribe behind requires leaving people behind, leaving people that you used to share those belief systems with it requires leaving them behind. That's a very, very, very hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you know, the, the analogy they always use is, you know, crabs trying to get out of the, the barrel, the other crabs pull them back in. Mm. It's the same thing. And you, you've got to, you've got to get out. You've got to tolerate being hated. You've got to tolerate being judged. Mm. But then the second you're out and the second you're free, they're going to look up to you and be like, will you help me get free? <laughs> That's what it's going right. to be. You know, you have to tolerate it. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, and I would argue, I mean, this is I like, this is why I love like Grant Cardone or some of these other tough talking rich guys. It's like, it's your moral obligation to your country, to your family, get yourself free, get rich. I like that. It's true. Uh-huh. It's your obligation. It's your duty to overcome and be free because you actually do liberate others in the process. That's what I want to do. Going back to the mission, I think that's what our should, mission should be. He, because okay, heal, right? That's 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 been the game up till now. There's been a a fascination and a fixation with healing and understanding the psyche and trauma and energy and all of that, God and ayahuasca and sweat lodges. And, you know, we've both gone down deep, deep, deep down the rabbit hole in trying to understand consciousness and reality and the psyche, all of it. For what purpose? Well, I think we have to put it into application now. Hmm. Like apply what we've learned in the real world that will be measured by results. Hmm. Now that's, you know, results are success. You can measure success a lot of different ways. Only, only the individual knows if they're meeting their potential. But I'm just suggesting that maybe the game becomes yeah, helping people get free so they can bring their full gifts to the world. Mm-hmm. Is there more that you want? Absolutely. Well, let's go. You're fucking 52. <laughs> Time's a wasted. Okay. I mean, I'm just talking to myself right now. So mm. it's game on. It's mm-hmm. game on, sister. It's game on for all you out there too. Get mm-hmm. to fucking work. We're reinventing the world. There's a revolution on, man. Look forward. Look forward. Turn off the news. Turn off the news. Let go of your resentments. Look forward. Follow the energy. Get with like-minded people. Stop arguing on the internet. And the world is your oyster right now. I mean, in this chaos, there's so much potential for so many things. If you're 18 right now, 20, and forget it. 
it's just incredible time to be alive. But even at our age, it's like, and, and people are, people need help. It's perfect time for us, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Like people yeah. are, are, are waking up to things. They're confused. They're scared. They don't know what the fuck is going on. They realize like they need to understand themselves in deeper ways. And we've been doing this for 15 plus years. And it's like, okay, we, we know a few things. We can help you. We can give you some tools, give you some skills, give you some understanding so you can like get free from this matrix that you're in and do what you want to do. Be free. Go make a lot of money. Go have fun. Have a great relationship. Have lots of sex. Like travel. Do whatever the fuck you want. Just do it. Go, go. There's no limitation. Nobody's stopping you. Don't buy into the bullshit that you can't. It's all bullshit. That's you know, and sorry. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm going all in on with the, you know, that was the whole Kanye thing <laughs> with the I'm sorry, with the black people. What he said. Mental slavery. Yeah, there's real systemic issues. I'm not denying that but you're never going to solve those. It's all going to be solved in your consciousness. You have to get people free inside their minds first. That's the only thing that works. You have to get them free inside their minds. You can't look outside to fix the problem. You have to look at it inside. You have to change the internal belief systems. That's not an easy thing to do, but that's, that's the only way to get people free, whoever they are. They have to believe because it doesn't matter what you do externally. If you don't believe, if you still have that belief, I can't get what I want, or I'm not deserving of what I want, or you still have that self-loathing or that shame, it's never going to materialize. You have to liberate yourself from shame. You have to understand your power. You have to understand your worth. You have to take ownership of your gifts and you have to be willing to bring them to the world. That's the only thing. And when you do that, when, when you do that, I just believe this. It transcends everything. I really believe that. It transcends all of that. It's energy transcends everything. And when you're in alignment, when you're in your power, when you're in your strength, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. It's like, because you, and in that place, you are beautiful. And people, they can't not see the beauty of that, no matter what you look like. That's my belief. I, I'm taking it to the mat. I understand mm-hmm. attractive people have uh, advantages. I understand. I understand shit's not fair. I get it. It's never going to be fair. I understand it's easy for me to say I'm a privileged white man. I, I, I get it. But as a privileged white man, let me tell you, I know the game. I'm just trying to tell you how to win it. Because it ain't changing. It's never going to change. It's the only game there is. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful game. Can you see how beautiful it is? Can you see the perfection of it? Can you see the beauty of your pain? Your mother rejecting you? Do you see how beautiful that is? How perfect that is? that moment oh in the God. story in the movie it's like the best scene in the movie you're crying the audience is crying it's beautiful it's perfect thank you thank you mm. that was good <laughs> amen i want to be i i'm 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 
Yeah, I want to do a Sunday thing. It, it's I a, was going to say Re- Reverend. Yeah, well, Reverend I'm, I'm uh, Re- Reverend David or yeah, Reverend no, I'm, 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 I'm kind of thinking I can channel. Yeah. I, I notice yeah. what's happening is I'm closing my eyes a lot mm-hmm. and just talking. Yeah. On my videos or in my class. And I noticed when I stopped the teaching lecture, because I had, you know, notes and slides on Sunday about the lower self. And then I shut it off and I was like, okay, I'm just going to talk for a bit. Let me just riff. And I just started riffing and, you know, and I'm, you know, I can go all over the place, but I, I, I I communicate something like it's felt, even if it's not Mm -hmm. always necessarily perfectly coherent, it's felt. And I could see in their faces, like, Everybody was paying attention. Everybody was mm-hmm. being impacted. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is working. This is being, something's being communicated and they're intrigued. So that was a good sign. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to play with it. Letting myself just flow and take the restriction off. But knowing I'm going to say some crazy fucking shit. Hmm. Like I have to let go of the voice in my head that says, well, that's, that's like, that's your white privilege talking. Mm. Like I had to just, I had to answer to it, which is fine. You know, you have to answer to it. Well, I, and I just did, right. I had to bring it up and name it that I'm aware of it. And that's all, that's all like programming from the matrix, right. That I'm responding to. And there's a way in which the political correctness, it's not just about language. It's about thought. It contains, it contains in your own mind thoughts. Like it stops the free flow of thoughts. That's why political correctness, and I'm not anti-political correctness because I, I realize language has to evolve and we realize at certain points, and I have language that I've used is unconsciously uh, discriminatory or negative. It's not good. So yeah, it's not that I'm anti-PC, but there's a way that it's been used to to kind of control, like it's controlled how we think. It's it stopped the free flow of my thoughts, you know. So that's part of what this podcast is too, because I let it go with you, because I know you know that I'm a good guy. So if I say something completely out of bounds that that sounds or could be interpreted as racist or bigoted or whatever, I'm not going to be judged by you because I'm I'm trying to figure something out. I'm going mm-hmm. down deep in somewhere to I'm trying to sort something out. But to do it publicly is a much greater risk. Mm-hmm. But you have, if you want to yeah. channel, you have to let yourself go all the way. And you have to let that come and then stand in the face of somebody like, what the fuck? And just be like, mm-hmm. that wasn't me talking. That was just coming through me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, and hold that. Mm. And then how does that make you feel? Why does it upset you so much? That's interesting. Right. And then you use it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Damn. I mean, that part of it can go either way on the sales pitch, you know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's exactly what I want. And also, I, I don't know. <laughs> or maybe you get better with it. I would get better with it. Anyone would get better with it. And you, you just become discerning. You're able to 
like what like you can di- you you let it flow you let it flow you let it flow and then once you get used to letting it flow you just, once you just open up the channel then you have a little bit more consciousness to the channel and then you can start to modulate mm. and so mm-hmm. not change but understand like something's being communicated and you can hold it all and shape it or just be discerning mm-hmm. Pro- right. probably I mean, that's what we're doing here, right? Like we, we're trying to have the conversations that we have on a Thursday night for three hours, some, you know, randomly, mm-hmm. but we can't because there's all kinds of things we talk about that we can't talk about publicly. So how do you bring that idea or energy to this thing? Well, we had, we have to be discerning. We had to find it. Mm-hmm. Right. What's the space? What's the, what can and can we not talk about? And, and I'm, I, it, then your brain finds the it kind of rests in that place and then it knows. Hmm. And then, it, and you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you can like, you can relax into it because it's, you, you kind of, I don't know exactly what I'm saying, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do know what you mean. That, that must be a really, I mean, I feel like this, this is what you've been practicing. Say again, my headphones just. Uh, this must be what you've been practicing, mm-hmm. you know, on a certain level, like doing your videos and just letting yourself speak, right? Whatever comes. And, and I don't, I think at the beginning you were sometimes even writing it out, right? But, but then it's like, it's like you've gone through this process of just, you know, Letting it come, however it wants to come. Yeah. So you've had this practice for a while, and um, you've been like it. It feels like, at least in these podcasts, it seems like I can. I actually could really see it today. I was like, oh, shit, he's channeling right now. <laughs> like, like I saw it, you know. And so, yeah, I just. But I've also watched you go through that process, and you've had to face. A lot of things, a lot of judgment, rejection, you know, shame, like uh, you've gone through that and it's been, you know, difficult for you, you know? Yeah. Probably some of the most difficult times. Yeah, probably the last five Six years, yeah, it's probably been the most difficult time of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like I'm at the beginning. <laughs> You're fine. You're not as obnoxious as me. You're not as hateable as me. People love you. Uh, yeah, but there'll be people that hate too. For sure. Because, sure. you know, that's hard for me to admit that the last four or five, I, it has been, I, yeah, I've been suffering a lot. Mm-hmm. Not that we need to get into it now, but yeah, yeah, I've been, I'm only starting to wake up now that I feel, I feel good and I feel back on track and I feel like on mission back in my power. I'm just starting to realize, holy shit, I was lost i was in the maze of something that i had to go through but it was not 
pleasant. Mm. I mean, and it, and it was pleasant. I mean, I did drink a lot of ayahuasca <laughs> during that time, right. which was a lot of fun. Not all fun. It's scary <laughs> as hell, but I mean, I went on a big adventure. I went all the way down the road of the shaman. Mm. Found my inner shaman, mm. which was good. Final thoughts, Angela? Well, I just was going to say that for me, um, I think that that's what I've been doing too finding my inner shaman um not as publicly as you mm -hmm. but definitely that's been part of my process and you know now it feels like i'm going a little more publicly now <laughs> i'm excited it's exciting the world needs you mm. your friends need you even the ones who are judging you or angry even your mom like they they need you mm. you're going to teach them something that's what i believe mm -hmm. thank you dave thank you angela <laughs>